0: So, good morning, Gold Avenue Church family. As you hear, my voice is much stronger than it was, so I'm grateful to be able to be here this morning <coughs> and share God's Word with us this morning. <clears throat> so, I brought something with me here today, um, and I'm wondering uh, if there's any kids who would want to come up and see what I have here. Anybody want to see what I've got here? You're welcome to come right on up here. There we go way to go sure. Yeah, so come on up here. So what I have here is a candy bowl. Do you guys like a candy bowl? Keep coming. You can keep coming. (laughs) Yeah, that you heard it right. I've got candy in here for us. Even better fruit snacks. Um, Uh, so I work at the YMCA and at the YMCA, we have a special candy bowl that we save just for the kids. And so we let the kids come up and what do we say? We say, you can take one. And so then we let everybody take one. You can go take one. Yeah. And so we let everybody who comes up, we say, you can take one. And now some kids, they want to take more than one. We say, oh, no, you can only take one. There we go. And so what we have here is these rules. We want people to take only one. Why do you think we tell them that? Why do we say only take one? Any ideas? Don't run out. Yeah, that's a good one. So we don't run out. If I didn't have enough for everybody, we'd have somebody who was sad because they didn't get one. And now, what would you say, Raylan, if you ate all of these fruit snacks? How would you feel? sick yes (laughs) yeah that we tell them take one because if you take too many you're gonna feel sick and another word that we have is we teach them self-control we want to say you know you could eat more than one but one is good that's what will make you that gives you the treat that you need and you don't need more than that and so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning how God created us to flourish in a certain way and to not want more than what he's given us because that's how we flourish in relationship with God And it's this word called adultery. Do you guys, have you heard of adultery before? Oh, some of you have, yeah. Um, And so this is where God, God made mommies and daddies to love each other well. And he doesn't want your mommy to love somebody else's daddy. He wants your mommy and daddy to love each other. That's how God made marriage. And so we're going to talk about the seriousness of when we break that this morning. So you guys can go have a seat. And so I've invited Mark to come up and read our text for us from Matthew 5 this morning. Uh, this text on adultery, uh, Jesus' command of you shall not commit adultery. So if you have your Bibles, oh, oh Matthew 5:27 through 30. There are also some Bibles in the back there if you need one. <clears throat> so you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Mark. So what a passage we read this morning where Jesus really speaks to the seriousness of this sin of adultery involving gouging out an eye or cutting off a hand and it makes us wonder what is he really getting at here and this problem with adultery wasn't just true in Jesus day but it's true for us today as well Uh, as as those who we know and love uh, commit adultery but it Jesus speaks specifically to the broader sense of what this is and how adultery doesn't only include a man leaving his wife, but adultery includes anything from a look at someone or an action or a thought. And so I have the Heidelberg Catechism here to lead and guide us this morning. Uh, as a way for us to see that this is something that the church has talked about throughout history and even most recently in this human sexuality report that was uh, brought up at Synod this year. And so uh, we'll just read these together to give us a framework for studying this text this morning. Uh, so I'll read the question and you can read the answer. <laughs> okay, so question 108. What does the seventh commandment teach us? There's one, and then 109 also speaks to this. So does God in this commandment forbid only such scandalous sins as adultery? And the answer? You can just leave that up for just a bit here. Uh, so as, we, as I was sharing this sin of adultery, uh, Jesus wants to speak specifically that it's not just this act of adultery, but it's much broader. And Pastor Gina spoke of this last week when it came to this command of murder, how murder is not just about the act of killing a person, but it starts with anger and bitterness in our hearts. And so the Heidelberg Catechism reminds us that it's these unchaste actions, looks, talk, thoughts or desires, all of these things can draw us away from our relationship with God. And this brings us to you can go from this slide but this brings us to an interesting point in this text. Um, so what we read of um, is uh, where Jesus, he has this argument. And he says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And he goes on to talk about your right hand. And if you're like me, you read this and you look around and you're like, so what are we doing wrong? I think all of us are going to have no eyes and no hands. Is this really what is this really what Jesus is getting at here? And what's fascinating is uh, what this means in the Greek text. And so Jesus is using a form of argument in this uh, first-class condition statement, for formal sakes, but it's this uh, he gives this statement as the assumed part is, if this logic is true, this answer will be true. So, you know, if, if really your right hand is the cause of this sin, then you should cut it off and you won't be sinful anymore. And if really your eye is the source of this sin, then you should just gouge your eye out because he's talking to the logic of the Pharisees and the people of that day who were like, well, you know, our bodies are sinful. We have to just discard the body, you know, and we'll be able to walk in step with Jesus now. And Jesus is pointing to something much deeper than this, that this sin doesn't start with our bodies, but it starts in our hearts. The reality is, is that we have a heart problem. And we see this in our world today. When it comes to sexual sin, uh, it's rampant around us. Pornography, masturbation, so many people are doing these behind closed doors, and it breaks our hearts to see things like this happening. And then even in the movies uh, these days, I don't know if you try to find any good shows to watch, but almost all of them include these illicit scenes that are in them that just point towards this, I don't know, just objectifying of this good gift of marriage that God has given us. And people live after their own desires rather than uh, being self-controlled and disciplined. And this breaks God's heart. Even even our music that we listen to promotes this idea that uh, sex has no strings attached and that we can just do what feels good and that's how we're supposed to live. And so our culture just continues to promote this this reality that just leads towards brokenness, that leads towards pain, that leads us in bondage. And this is where Jesus wants to meet us in this text because he says, it's not just about your hand, it's about your heart. I want to transform your heart is where Jesus really wants to meet his audience. And I believe he wants to meet us there this morning as well, because that's where the source of our sin is. And so, before I move on from here, as I was spending time with the Lord, was just wondering if we just take a minute here this morning and just invite the Holy Spirit to convict us of those things in our lives. That way, as we hear the rest of this message, we're able to hear what Jesus might have to say to us as we uh, struggle in specific areas. So I'm just going to pause for a second and just invite you to invite the Holy Spirit. How have I? Um, Let my thoughts uh, lead me astray or my looks or are there ways that you want to convict me this morning? now the Holy Spirit brings conviction, not condemnation. He brings these things up for us because he loves us and wants us to live within God's good design for flourishing. He wants us to live counter to the ways that this has affected the world because we look around us at the ways that these sins have affected our own lives and the lives of those around us, and we see a world that is... Numbing pain uh, that they've experienced whether that be through drugs or alcohol We see mental health crises on the rise because again There's all this hurt and pain from living outside of God's good design for flourishing There's broken relationships and it grieves our heart and it grieves God's heart Because God doesn't just say don't commit adultery because he doesn't want us to do that But God wants us to know him And this is why God tells us, don't commit adultery, because as you live outside of my design for flourishing, you're continuing to distance yourself from me. And I created you to be in relationship with me. I've created you for intimacy with me. And the Lord was just so stirring my heart of his heart of love for each and every one of us. That he created us in the beginning, in his image, to be in loving relationship with him. And that's why he's given us this passion and this drive in order that we might um, experience intimacy within the context of marriage as a way that points back to his deep and passionate love for us. These sexual desires are good desires that we have as those made in God's image so that we know, wow, God longs for me in such a way that is just uh, so great, it's greater than anything. But all of these desires are to be rightly ordered in relationship with God as the one who loves us with such an everlasting and passionate love. He longs to speak to us. He longs to care for us. He longs to encourage us and support us. He is the one who knows us the best. And longs for us to know him and live in that relationship with him. And the Lord's been teaching me this of just a way for us to. How can we continue to talk about intimacy with Jesus? uh, From our youngest kids all the way up to the oldest adults. That we're not just called to know him in our head, but to love him. He's the one who's transformed our hearts And therefore, we, our hearts, rather than just my mind telling me what to do, my heart is in love with Jesus, and that's where my desires flow from. That's the good news that we have, and that's the good news I want to share with us this morning, because we know that we live in this broken world where our hearts are not desiring Jesus. We desire other things, and so I just want to share the good news of the gospel with us, that God did create us for intimacy with him in the beginning. And this is the greatest intimacy we could ever experience. God is love himself and invites us to be in that love relationship with him. But because of human sin and wickedness, uh, Adam and Eve, they turned away from God, the one who pledged his love to them. And therefore, they lost that relationship with him. They lost the relationship with one another and with the rest of creation, even themselves. And so we see this. This is what we were thinking about, the ways that we've turned away from God, and we've tried to find pleasure and intimacy and joy and comfort in other ways, rather than God's good design for flourishing. And we see how all throughout history, God's people continue to turn away from him, Rather than seeking God as their first love, the one who was their God, they turned to the other gods of other nations. And then they started practicing these detestable practices of these other nations, turning away from them. And this wasn't just because of a physical charge that was pulling them, but their hearts were hardened. And Romans 1 tells us about this, how people gratified the desires of their sinful nature and they uh, gave into these shameful lusts and their understanding was darkened and they were separated from god And yet god continues to lovingly call his people back to him He comes to them through prophets and through priests and through kings and he makes covenants with his people that I will be your god And the God of your descendants after you, that here's a way that you can flourish in relationship with me is this covenant he made with Moses on Mount Sinai. He wants to live in loving relationship with his people, but their sin continued to separate them from him. And so this was the state of God's people longing for him. And we read even more profoundly of this in the book of Hosea, Uh, Hosea was a prophet and god told Hosea to marry an adulterous woman a prostitute To symbolize his love for his people that even though you continue to rebel against me I still want a relationship with you. That's how I created you. I want to live in loving relationship with you But sin continued to separate and so we wonder What is god going to do? And it's this time of year, brothers and sisters, that we get to celebrate God's greatest gift that we heard read about this morning. We read about Emmanuel, God with us. So God came to his people. He came to his own people, the ones that he loved, the ones that he cherished in the person of Jesus. And he came to care for them. He came to heal them. He came to forgive them of their sins. He came to love them. That's why he came God so loved the world that he came to his people because he didn't want to just heal them But he wanted them. He wanted a relationship with them And he made this possible through his death on the cross Because he gave his life knowing that our sin we could never have that relationship with a father Unless the price for our sin was paid and it was by his blood on the cross that he died for us each and every one of us, all these sins that the Holy Spirit convicted us of, Jesus sets us free and says, You are forgiven, my beloved child. I want to purify you from your sins and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness because I made you for a relationship with me. And then Jesus rose again from the dead and invites us into having that life with him forever. An eternal life. And this life is bound with a new heart. He changes our hearts, not just our physical body, but we're given a new heart. We're new creations in Jesus. So he changes our will and our desires and our emotions that no longer are we slaves to the flesh and the things of this world. But we are those who are bound by his spirit. And now we long to walk in holiness and purity because we have found the one that our soul loves. And this is one of my favorite books, Uh, Song of Songs uh really speaks to this loving relationship that Jesus has for his church and though so the woman just keeps saying my I found the one that my soul loves is what we read in Song of Songs 3 And it's just a beautiful picture of a loving relationship that we were created for. I just want to encourage you to read it. Uh, I've read it in the Passion Translation specifically, and uh, it's just been really encouraging to see how our God loves us so deeply and created us for relationship and longs for that with us. And so, brothers and sisters, as those who have a restored heart, uh, a heart that now uh, can not commit adultery we have a heart that can move towards holiness as we were created but now this is hard because we live in a world that is filled with sin and even though we have a new heart we don't always seek first jesus and so how do we combat temptation and the re- and it comes there's multiple ways that we'll talk about and so it's through god's word uh, we can stand firm on the truth of God's word. And one of my favorite verses is Psalm sixteen eleven. I have shown you the path of life. I will fill you with joy in my presence, and I will satisfy you with eternal pleasures at my right hand. This is the reality for those of us who are in Christ, who are new creations, that we can hold firm to these scriptures and say, no, my God will satisfy me because I belong to him first and foremost. He's my bridegroom, and I don't have to live for the pleasures of this world because I have everything I need in him. And so to rightly order our thoughts by meditating on scripture, how we can also stand firm and rebuke the lies of the enemy. And we have authority in Christ as those who are new creation so that when this flesh tries to creep in We're not bound by that flesh anymore because we have the holy spirit living in us And so we can stand firm in jesus name and say that's a lie from the enemy And rebuke those lies and claim these truths of scripture Is another way we can move forward And I love how Lori testified to the goodness of the body of christ this morning And we have one another We are the bride of Christ. What good news that is that our God loves all of us and wants all of us to flourish in loving relationship with him. And so we can come alongside a brother or a sister and encourage them to continue to seek first the love of the Lord, to remind them of the truth of who he is as their first love, as the one who does satisfy the desires of our heart. This is such good news that we have this morning. And then, brothers and sisters, we have the opportunity to look forward to the day when Jesus, our bridegroom, returns. The way that we live today is one that will point towards uh, when he comes back, that we have the opportunity to be holy. Uh, not, we don't just not commit adultery, but we have found our hearts, our heart's desire, the one who we love. And so we can continue to move in these ways of holiness, to watch shows, to listen to music. Uh, to fill our minds with what is true and what is good and what will continue to point us towards being that bride who's ready for our Savior Jesus to come back. And so I'm wondering what that looks like for each one of us. How might the relationships that we have now, uh, for those of us who are married, how might they point towards that the holiness that we're called to as we prepare our hearts for Jesus' return? And for those who are single, how might we continue to live into this love that we have been given from Jesus, uh, that we might continue to draw, to set our affections towards him, to spend time hearing from him and loving him and preparing our hearts for his return. And we can do this together as we prepare for Jesus to come back again. And so what do those steps look like? Uh, maybe it 's turning away from certain music or from movies um, maybe it 's taking a step uh, in the direction towards of love towards someone in our lives of just sharing the love of Jesus with them. I just invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us towards how we can be those people that move towards holiness as we were created for because Brothers and sisters, we've been given a new heart as those who are in Jesus. And no longer do we are we slaves to committing adultery, but we cannot want to commit adultery, and we get to point to uh, point the world, point one another towards this relationship that we've been created for of knowing our God as he created us. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. We thank you that you made a way for us to be in relationship with you. And we thank you that you've given us a new heart in order that we might live in holiness and in love with you as we were created for in the beginning. We thank you that you are gracious and kind to us and that you forgive us as we turn away from you that you continue to call us back to yourself. What a gift to have a God whose love pursues us. And Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to live lives that are holy, that we might show the world around us that there is a God who is worth giving everything for that there is a God who loves us so deeply that we want to embody that love to everyone else. And so we thank you most of all for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.